Hey everyone, welcome back to the Glass Seats Podcast. This is our show where two hockey aficionados discuss their perspectives on headlines surrounding the NHL, including recent stories, game highlights, league culture, and other topics trending amongst the fans. This is Vidi. My name is Mernal, and this week in hockey, we're going to be talking about the NHL's hottest team, the Arizona, Arizona Coyotes. Coyotes. Yeah, what a team. What a Can team. I just say that it's great to talk about the Coyotes in a positive light? I think we owe them an apology for how much we shit on them before the season started. Hey, what we said at the start of the season is still true. It, how, I mean, it was valid at the time. If you haven't seen that, what we it, said was it's weird just analyzing this team when they're playing in a college barn with no plan to have an NHL standard arena. Yeah. Which is still true. Yeah. But the team playing in the college barn is actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly good now. Yeah. So it, it actually makes me wonder, are they selling out that arena, Mullet Arena? I don't know. I would actually. hope so. It's like, what, three times or three times smaller than... Yeah, a third of what it should be yeah. is what you're trying to say. I was like, yeah, it should be selling that out at this point I, I mean if not then i mean if the leafs are in town then yeah they're selling it okay out. well yeah <laughs> if it's arizona versus buffalo are they selling out that i don't know okay all right well but yeah because i don't think it's any cheaper no i, I unfortunately not yeah mm-hmm. well we'll we'll get to all of that yeah. but let's start by wrapping up a few storylines from our last couple of shows yeah let's do it patrick kane yeah uh, we said last episode signed with the red wings uh we now have a timetable mm-hmm. he is practicing with the red wings now and is, is expected to make his season debut versus the san jose sharks this thursday of course which means by the time you're listening to this podcast he will have made his season debut if yeah. all goes to plan yeah and of course it's against the sharks nice little exhibition round yeah great for him to get a hat trick yeah great for him to you know get those uh 20 goals that he needs to like hit hit the um get right on pace with uh you know austin yeah. matthews and everyone nikita uh kucherov all of them yeah Pedersen. Pedersen. yeah yeah, yeah just you just you know just rack up 20 points in one game why not warm up those new hips <laughs> warm up the new hips mm-hmm. yeah anyways I mean, yeah it'd be good to see him play but um i was listening to you know a couple other hockey podcasts you know yeah. and they're kind of talking about how other players who have had this surgery it hasn't really gone well mm-hmm so in what way like like they've lasted maybe 20 games oh like and then what yeah like nick backstrom is the latest one oh man yeah so um it's good it might be rough but this is again patrick kane yeah i mean one it's not a very risky contract as i mentioned last time and two actually are they gonna like play him every game probably not right they're probably gonna load manage i i don't know based on based on his recovery i right? think it'd be smart too yeah i was like i don't think you if you want prime patrick kane in the playoffs i think you have to actually yeah like he should so. be treating these games as basically pt right yeah and like warming up and getting back into it and yeah. then when you really need him is the playoffs yeah and up until then what he provides is a voice in the room mm-hmm. so he doesn't need to play to do that i was gonna say he has really nothing left to prove i mean yeah three-time cup champ yeah yeah, I don't, more. I don't think he really has, yeah, he has nothing left to prove. And I, at this point, I, I'm not saying you should put a, a, a C on him, definitely not, or an A on him, but, no, no, you know, he's got to. that presence, you know, he's got that, people are going to listen to him regardless, so. Yeah, despite what the jersey says, he is still Patrick Kane. Yeah, <laughs> this is one of those cases where, where almost the back of the jersey and the number is almost as important as the, the crest on the front. I mean, yeah, first mm-hmm. ballot Hall of Famer already, so, yeah. When you have Patrick Kane in the room talking to you, you listen. It doesn't matter yeah. what generation you're at. So, yeah. 
Yeah, it'll be good to see and uh, part part of the uh, Iser plan, as I mentioned. Yes, the all important Iser plan. Yeah, I think I think he's up to some sneaky stuff. We we were having a conversation right before this, and uh, Detroit question mark dark horse for um for the uh, Cup Finals. I mean, the way they're playing right now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I we had them as a fringe team, and uh, they're in a division they're, spot. They're, yeah, not even a wild card spot. They're and the two teams in the Atlantic that we had as like locks mm-hmm. are the two in the wild card spots: Tampa yeah. and Toronto. Yeah, which is weird. I mean, Toronto's got their whole um, try to score nine goals a game strategy. And, their yeah. their defense and goalie needs help for sure. But it's uh, the uh, allow eight, score nine strategy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The plus one uh, differential every yeah. game, hopefully. And I don't know if you've been watching Toronto games, but it's always in overtime or shootout. Yeah, I, I have noticed. That. I haven't been watching all of them because uh, they're on the East Coast. But um, yeah, I, I have noticed that most of them go to the extra frame. So after the Sharks have stopped being absolute garbage, mm-hmm. I think the Sharks have more regulation wins than the Maple Leafs. That's embarrassing. That's pretty sad, actually. <laughs> yeah, that is not good. Um, yeah, I don't know. Either way, uh, excited to see Patrick Kane with back in the league and uh, with the Red Wings. And again, part of the Iser plan. You've, yep. you've heard it here first. Uh, let's wrap up another storyline. Nikita Zadorov, defenseman for the Flames. We talked about that he wanted out of Calgary. Mm-hmm. We speculated about Toronto acquiring him. Yeah. But instead, he goes to the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. Nikita Zadorov traded to the Canucks for a 2024 fifth round pick, which was originally owned by Chicago, and a 2026 third round pick. Mm-hmm thoughts on this trade i'm surprised canucks traded to a division rival granted the that flames th- what's that you mean the flames yeah you said canucks oh sorry sorry the flames uh traded to the canucks yeah, yes yeah. yes um i'm surprised that happened uh granted that you know the canucks are doing astronomically better than calgary is this year uh-huh but surprisingly still yeah surprisingly yeah um but still it's just i don't know isn't that something that's always just frowned upon just don't trade to the division rival yeah, but if you're Calgary, aren't you getting a little desperate at this point? For what? To save this season? <laughs> I, is the season not kind of shot already? I mean, we're only, what, 24, 25 games in? Yeah, but you could also say that, like, would you say the Sharks season is... No, oh, but the, it's only 24, 25 The games? Sharks intended to be bad. Okay. The Flames right. did not. But I have a hard time believing they, were, they went into the season thinking, oh, we have a legit chance at this cup. I think they did. I don't think they did. Do you not remember how Calgary ended the last season? It was all this talk about, oh, the coach is the problem. We have a good team. Mm-hmm. Huberto is going to be great. Kadri mm-hmm. is going to be great. They got a new coach. They got a new GM. And it's the same shit. That's what I was going to say. I was like, not much has actually changed. I, the thing is, it's easy to pin the blame on the coach. It happened with Jay Woodcroft, as we talked about. And Dean Edmondson most recently. Yeah. I just I, At some point, you can't just keep blaming the coach for the elephant in the room, which is that the players are not producing. Um, but I don't know. You blame that now, right? Which is why mm. you're trading someone like Zadorov. Mm. At the start of this season, it was a different story. It was a different story. You thought they were going to be good. Yeah. And now 20 games in, you realize you're not. Mm. But I don't think you can let go of, I don't think you want to punt on the whole season. Yeah. You might want to say, okay, we can still make a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Like the top three in the Pacific right now are Vegas and LA, mm-hmm. who are stellar teams. Yeah. And the Canucks. Yeah. Do you not think Calgary and to some extent Edmonton are looking at Canucks spot saying we can take that spot from them? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Edmonton, I'm not too sure right now, but um, yeah, I've, I, I would hope that, you know, Calgary is definitely at least trying. Um, I just, 
the these picks are like not soon either i mean it's uh, 2024 sure is the next um this next coming summer but uh it's a fifth round draft pick I don't yeah know. so i was gonna say this is cheap yeah i was gonna say like because you were talking about like willie nylander and stuff like this yeah like, like i was like oh we can actually get to that mm-hmm. um the toronto conversation in a second yeah. you know, but the zadarov for two picks and neither of them are Calgary. even the second round so yeah the best one is a third yeah and that's in two years yeah very far away like i think uh the canucks uh got off like bandits here yeah <laughs> i was gonna say this is not a that's why i was trying to understand what you meant by calgary's desperate i was like they fleeced themselves it sounds yeah. like so yeah i think they're desperate in the sense that they have other players that they need to do business with mm. and they just want this so this is a cap dump sort of or just uh you know what fine you want out get out okay got you know, it got they have tanev um they have a couple other ufas that i'm missing off the top of my head right now but it it gets rid of a distraction, right? Especially was, because yeah. Zadarov's trade request was so public. Mm-hmm. I was going to say this seems more like a more like a drama dump than a cap dump. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, like because there was also a couple years ago there was the whole Matt Duchesne trade. Everyone thought Joe Sakic was out of his mind for just asking for so much and holding on and holding on mm-hmm. and holding on. Ottawa eventually bit and they pretty much finished their rebuild with that trade. Ottawa won them the cup. Yeah, essentially. (laughs) Pretty much. And, you know, we made fun of them for dropping down in that horrible season they had. I think it was 2017. And then they got Kale McCarr and, you know, fate worked itself out. But um, And McKinnon turned into McKinnon. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, this this doesn't seem like a whole... they, they, They had no... They weren't being patient with it, I don't think. I feel like yeah. Calgary could have got a lot more. I also think Joe Sackick was the exception. In, I don't, what do you mean? I don't think anyone who waits that long actually gets that big of a haul. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think every GM should go out there being like, I'm going to make a trade like the Duchesne trade. Mm-hmm. There is some luck involved. I, I do think Ottawa was kind of maybe riding a little bit high on that Duchesne trade. Yeah. And maybe that's what got him to to bite and it's unfortunate though the way that all ended but um yeah i i think they were just maybe a little bit emotionally invested and uh mm-hmm. i don't think the canucks are necessarily emotionally invested to overpay for zadarov yeah so i don't know it's i think they could have gotten more for zadarov yeah. and talking about that toronto conversation yes. i was listening to the uh 32 thoughts podcast by elliot friedman and jeff merrick they mentioned toronto was interested but they wanted both zadarov and tanev Mm. for Nylander. not they didn't uh he didn't mention what the return would be oh okay so the return gets complicated because Nylander has a no movement clause he would have had to wave to come to calgary mm-hmm. so if you're assuming he's okay with that um which why tanoff why do they need tanoff i mean they need defenseman period right but so they were just like screw it tanoff yeah because you could get two and one right? oh okay yeah plus uh brad trey living was the old GM of the Flames now in Toronto. Mm. So there's some connection. Oh, so he knows. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, He knows right. those players. That's right, yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yep. So um, I think that's where the Toronto conversation kind of died, is they wanted, they did want more than just Zadaroff. Yeah, which yeah. is why I'm like, why would you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Very, very cheap trade for Canuck. Yeah, Canucks. I think um, they couldn't get the salary to work with Toronto. Mm. I think Toronto wanted retention. Yeah. Well, you know, 
that's a that's always been a problem for them i yeah. feel like so i don't know so i think watch out for the canucks yeah they they're know, legit zadarov is a good ad yeah. like you had that top pair of quinn hughes and philip Hronick, which has been doing spectacular mm-hmm. and now you put in zadarov to shore up the defense even more yeah and you already have i believe tyler myers is there too mm-hmm. so this is like a great solid defense core with some great depth to it yeah yeah this this not only seems like a like a rental you know like when for example when there was a shattenkirk's sweepstakes back oh, in the yeah. day and dude, this, that, that dude has played on so many teams yeah i was like remember when everyone wanted him and th- it was like a bidding war for him and then uh, now he's just i think he's on the ducks now but um i was just watching some game highlights mm-hmm. and he's actually not on the ducks oh he's not yeah and i even i was surprised by what team he's on uh-huh. can, you, can you guess what team he's on eastern conference eastern no i uh no, i have no idea He's on Boston. Oh, wow. Did you even know that Shattenkirk yeah. was on Boston? Yeah, how did he go from being one of the hottest trade commodities from St. Louis to to whatever teams he's played on to yeah. now just under the radar? Nobody, I didn't, yeah, I thought he was on the Ducks. And no. he might have been on the Ducks, so. He was, I think, last year. Yeah. Or okay. a few years ago. I've lost track of where Shattenkirk has played. He's played yeah. with so many teams. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, but Canucks yeah. look good. Yeah, the Canucks look legit, and they look legit long-term. Assuming that, you know, they can lock down some of these contracts as well. Well, the other team that's suddenly looking legit, the meat of our episode, yep. we're going to be talking about yep. the Coyotes. Yep. They are, they are a wagon for sure. So why are the Coyotes coming up? Well, on the ice, they have now defeated the past five Stanley Cup champions, Vegas, Colorado, Tampa, St. Louis, and Washington. Mm-hmm. And they did it in five straight games. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> I mean, one is crazy that their schedule worked out that way. Um, but yeah, crazy. Like I, I have no reason to believe that they were good this year, and they just somehow magically are good this year. So let me I ask you this: it. Are they good, or are teams underestimating them because of the whole mullet arena and everything? Because it's Arizona who hasn't had success with almost anything i mean how how long are you gonna keep under it's what we're 20 games into the season you're gonna keep underestimating them well it's a new team every night right i guess yeah but like at at some point you put the league on notice i feel like it's like when i'm sure vegas was underestimated in their first season at at first in the first 20 games Mm -hmm. and then they put the league on notice they had they were on their eighth goalie or whatever it was and still beating teams i don't think they put the league on notice they went all the way to the cup final yeah so was that's the league is I think on the notice, notice then, came right? next year. I don't think that uh, year they were they were demolish especially at home. They were demolishing teams. Yeah. I mean still like I I feel like at some point GMs and and coaches are like circling are are eventually going to circle the Arizona game like hey, this is not just a walk in the park, you know. So. I think we overestimate how much they prep per game mm. in the regular season. During the playoffs, it's a whole other game. That's fair. Yeah. But I think during the regular season, it's more about we play this way and we don't care who the opponent is, mm-hmm. which is why you, when you hear a lot of these interviews, the most common phrase is, oh, we didn't play our game tonight. Mm. You know, they don't care who the yeah. opponent is. They just want to play their game. Yeah. And Arizona is not letting people do that. Yeah. To be completely honest, I haven't watched many Arizona games this year. I've watched maybe like two. Um so I, I'm not sure what their strategy is, if they're just being underestimated, if they're just taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. But um, whatever they're doing is working. And I, at first, I thought this was a fluke. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Sorry, Arizona fans. But um, yeah, no, they, they look legit this year. You know, I'm glad you brought up Vegas, because I think there's a lot of parallels here. 
Why did we underestimate Vegas? Because it was just the new team on the block, I guess. And everyone and, expected expansion teams to be mm-hmm. historically bad and until they saw how good the draft was. Even after Vegas did their expansion draft and picked all their players no. before they played a game, no, I, I, they were like, this team is going to be mid because there's no stars. Oh. But then we saw the power of what of having depth for basically second slash third lines yeah. can do, right? Yeah. This past summer, we did our season previews and for Arizona. And because of the flat salary cap, there was a lot of teams that gave them cap dumps. Yeah. Arizona, I think, has four, like, mm. third-ish. There's not as good as Vegas's. Mm-hmm. But basically, they, can, four, roll lines they can roll lines. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about players like Alex Kerfoot, mm-hmm. players like Matt Dumba, players like um, Michael Carcone, mm-hmm. who I think is a rookie, um, but is, they're just rolling teams. Yeah. Kessel Ring mm. is on Arizona. And it's just wave after wave. They're fast. Yeah. And you make a mistake and they pounce. Yeah. It's no longer the Clayton Keller show. It's, just, it's also... Yeah. Logan big, big, Cooley, I didn't even mention. Yeah. Logan Cooley. Oh, yeah. 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 So it's not that they don't have star players. Um, they have, you know, they have Clayton Keller, but it's the fact <clears throat> that they have all this extra depth with them. And, yeah. you know, the fact that they can as you said, roll lines. Honestly, yeah, I'm, a, a I'm a little mad at myself for what I said in the preview or, you know, even though, like I said at the beginning, was correct. Yeah, it was legit at the time. I feel like I didn't learn my mistake from yeah. Vegas. Yeah. I should have realized, oh no, they've got depth. Yeah. They will roll lines and the power that has, especially, you know, what do teams do when they get behind in a game? They shorten their Panic. bench. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They shorten their bench, right? Which yeah. means they're sending out star players, but tired star players. Yeah. And here comes Arizona, who doesn't care. Yeah. You want to put out, like, that Washington game. Yeah. You want to put out Tom Wilson and Ovechkin? Go ahead. Yeah. There's the fourth line. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, in a weird way, I think the pressure is so minimal on Arizona. I mean, I feel like you can define rock bottom in so many ways. They've had so many issues um, over the past few years, but quite literally being homeless and on the verge of relocation, I think that is rock bottom or in moving to a college arena. Um, I feel like that is rock bottom. I feel like they're just having fun and playing hockey and they're just yeah. enjoying it again, you know? And winning's fun. And winning is fun. <laughs> yes. You know, when you come out and you're good early in the season, yeah. it sets a different tone. Yeah. People are like excited or, you know, guys are excited to come to the rink and practice yeah. and see each other and hang out and, you know, the, I mean, that kind of happened with like, not to keep bringing up the sharks over and over again, but. I'm pretty sure they hated hanging out even outside of the arena yeah. until Mike Greer kind of yelled at all of them. So like I realized that 82 games, it doesn't matter if it's game one or game 82, it's worth the same amount of points. Yeah. But starting strong and ending strong in the NHL is so, so important. Yeah. It's it vital. sets the tones, Yeah, you know, and having the start that Arizona is having versus the start that someone like Edmonton had, mm-hmm. you see the difference right now. Yeah. So uh, basically what we can say is that uh, Arizona went to their uh, Tempe landfill, grabbed a giant bag of shit, and made everyone eat it. Yep. Yeah. And speaking of uh, relocation, they actually might have a home soon. Yeah. This was from uh, NHL insider Darren Dreger, um, that the Coyotes are finalizing a purchase of a piece of land in Phoenix to be made into an arena, Mm -hmm. and they're expected to announce the plans next month. Mm -hmm. So this is good news. You know, all positive vibes coming out of Arizona right now. Yeah. 
Um, we'll see like what kind of arena they announce. Mm-hmm. Where in Phoenix is it? Is it accessible? How all big those, is it? How yeah. big is it? Yeah. You know, all those things still matter. Yeah. But at least there's progress. Yeah. I, I mean, I have no idea how big uh, the Suns arena is. I don't remember the name of it, but uh, is it comparable to that? Or is it just kind of like up in the air? Yeah, is it- we know nothing right now besides the fact that they are about to buy some land. Okay. You know, so we'll keep an so eye on this. So the arena's not even improved, possibly. Yeah, there's, I don't know. There's no plans, oh. nothing, you know. <laughs> so this is very, very, very early stages. You know, okay. basically when Tempe rejected their thing, it was ground zero. Yeah. Right? You got to start over. Yeah. I, I thought they were done, honestly. I thought they were getting relocated. Yeah. And the fact that the news we're hearing is that they're trying to buy an arena rather than hearing about what city's interested in yeah, taking them. Houston or whatever, Salt Lake City. Yeah. If you're a Coyotes fan, that's got to be good news, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is probably the best season you've had in years, let's be honest. Like, yeah. Besides when Taylor Hall got traded to you guys, like, I, I can't remember the last time Coyotes fans were this happy. Things are looking up for the Coyotes. And uh, continuing on with the Coyotes train, I uh, wanted to talk about um, Connor Ingram, goalie of the Coyotes. Um, at the time, was playing for Nashville, but he's had his struggles up and down, and it seems like things are turning around for him as well, personally. Yeah, I didn't see the story get much traction, but I actually really like the story. Yeah. Um, basically, Connor Ingram credited therapy with um, saving his life. Mm-hmm. So he's now 26-year-old playing in Arizona. Um, at the time, he was 23 in 2021 and was playing for the Nashville Predators. Yeah. Um, he was thinking about quitting hockey just yeah. from the mental health and um, you know not being able to play or not wanting to play. Yeah, and um, it's not even... When you're in that bad mental headspace, it's also just the daily brain fog and yeah. on top of all the travel and just keeping yourself healthy. It's just, yeah, it's a like, lot. I realize they're professional athletes, but you know, you travel all lot. across the country, you have weird schedules, you got to practice in between on top away of from family, away from family on top of all the life things, you know, it's hard. Yeah. Um, so he was encouraged by the goalie coach in Nashville to enter a player assistance program where he eventually went to therapy, got some help. Mm-hmm. Um, he was eventually diagnosed with OCD, mm-hmm. um, but has now playing much better, yeah. being much happier three years down the line, yeah. and is still in the NHL. Yeah, and doing well. Like, he's putting up some good numbers, too. Um, and I think the, the main point to write here is that, you know, one, it is okay to ask for help, and two, given, given the NHL's uh, machismo culture problem, let's call oh, yeah. it, um, this, this is a huge win, in my opinion. This oh, yeah. is a huge win. And the fact that he's open to talking about it. He gave an interview about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's great. And yeah. something we, I think we should see more of from professional athletes, especially yeah. in the NHL. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say just the NHL. I would say, like, across most pro sports. Um, again, the whole um, machismo thing, it, it's just, it really is a, it's honestly kind of a cancer in the sense of, getting to getting the help you need for to just live a happy yeah. life a healthy life like it's hockey is very much grit your teeth and grind through it yeah type of mentality right and yeah. seeing someone be like no you can't just always do that yeah and doing what they need to do to keep playing hockey yeah right it's not like they're betraying hockey or something like no, that by not. doing this right yeah this is what he needed to do to keep playing the sport he loves yeah and I think you should do it. Yeah. That was great. I think, um, I don't know if you remember the story. We may have talked about it in the podcast briefly many episodes ago, but the whole um, Alice Hemsky situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was just having kind of his mental struggles after, you know, after he retired and mm-hmm. trying to refine that purpose. And, you know, I'm sure, um, I, I don't know exactly if he went to therapy or, or what help he got, but the help he got really helped turn his life around. And, you know, like 
at that point, who cares about being the most manly man at that point? You know, yeah. just get the help you need and then be there to for your family, be there for your loved ones, be there for your teammates. That's way more manly than uh, just bottling the shit up and hiding it. Yeah. And, you know, just to put it in perspective of the, oh, he was going to leave hockey, like how much that means, like to make the NHL, you have to dedicate your life to this game. Yeah. I was also reading the article that yeah. was, uh, that was kind of, I'll link it in the podcast description. Yeah. It, it, definitely read it. Um, he's from a really small town. I believe it's Imperial, uh, Saskatchewan and like less than a thousand, less than 500 people. Um, mm. so quite literally hometown hero. And he, you know, he had all this, let's like, let's call it pressure, I guess, to, to make it. And, um, but it's also a lot of support, you know, it's, yeah. there's a sense of pride when you come out of a home, t- small hometown like that. And, um, you know, you want to play hockey like this is this is your career. This is your calling. Let's call it. Um, and, you know, I'm glad he did it. I'm glad he got the help to continue that path. That would that would have been heartbreaking otherwise. Yep, exactly. A couple of the stories just to put a little bow on this episode. Yeah. Some feel good ones. This is actually like one of our most positive episodes. Yeah, we got our <laughs> we got all our complaining done last episode. <laughs> yeah, we were like, <laughs> screw everything. And now we're like, oh, all happy. Yeah. You know, when the NHL is not talking about shit off the ice, yeah. it's not that bad. Yeah. This is, our, bad. this is our Bob Ross episode. Yeah. yeah. We went from TMZ to Bob Ross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need balance, man. All right. A uh, couple to wrap it up. Victor Hedman plays his 1,000th game in yeah. the NHL, all for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Huge. And huge performance that game, too. Yeah. Unless, so. you know, unless you're a Stars fan. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tough. It was what, 8-1? I think, yeah, 8-1. 8-1, like the Tampa one? Yeah. yeah. That was rough for the Stars, but still. Great, great for Tampa. I mean, you know, that's that's exactly... I hate it when there's like a special, like, commemorative ceremony or whatever, yeah. and the home team loses. It sucks. It's uh, it's just... Uh, I don't know. It, At the it same sucks. time, if you're the UA team and you see, like, all the ceremonies going on, you gotta be sitting on the bench like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we let them win? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or do you we know, really need the two points? Or like, you know that they're going to come out hard, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, that too. Um, but yeah, it, great to see that 8-1 victory. And, you know, congrats to Victor Hedman, 1,000 games. Yeah, Got your jersey on the wall for this episode. Yes, so, sir. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing that was a lot of fun to see, Tristan Jari, goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins, yeah. scores a goal. Yeah, <laughs> great. And, we uh, all love a goalie goal. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Like, I... I wasn't watching the game live or anything, but you know, I, I try to keep up with the highlights. So I was waiting to see the, um, the highlights thing on the NHL app kind of uh-huh. pop up. So in the meantime, I was just kind of scrolling through the thing and, and I saw it. the last goal was T Yari first goal of the season. I was like, Oh, good for him. He finally got his, uh, he finally got, you know, his first one of the season, 21, 20 games in whatever yeah. it was. And I was like, wait a second, wait a is second. this, is this the same T Yari? Yeah. <laughs> did the, did the uh, penguins get another Yari? I honestly thought it was that for a second. I was like, cause you know, when the Sedin twins were there and they had yeah, like, yeah. The, yeah. And, and these days everybody's name is Connor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. And I was like, hold on a second. So I clicked on it, watched the goal. And I was like, wow, good for him. Had no idea it was the first yeah. one in penguins history either. Yeah. That too. 17th goalie to score a goal in the NHL history. First <laughs> for the Pittsburgh penguins. Yeah. First one this year, right? I think. Yeah. First one this yeah, year. And yeah. um, if you haven't seen the highlight, he, it was, uh, the opponent was empty net, mm-hmm. came to him and he flung it 200 feet down the ice and scored yeah. a goal. Yeah. Not as easy as it looks either. I, yeah. A lot of people were like, of course he scored. It was an empty net. I was like, okay, yeah. you do it. <laughs> you put on the, 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 uh, the glove. The mitt, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I won't even put the other 10 players on the ice. Yeah. Yeah. Just and try then and go do it. it. Yeah. 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 I don't think I could do it with like a regular stick and gloves. No. 200 no. feet no, no not happening you know like those the, the one where they have like the net and then just the tiny little entrance and you win a car or whatatever if you like oh yeah, yeah score yeah. those like 
I can't even do that if the whole net is available. Yeah. <laughs> so good for him being a goalie doing this, you know? Honestly, so. that was one of my favorite moments from the all-star game mm-hmm. uh, where Mike Smith scored in that yeah, slot. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Crazy. But yeah, uh, congrats to Tristan Yari. Great first goal. Hopefully, <laughs> let's see if there's a second. <laughs> the second would be insane. Yeah. Let's see. Let's do it see. on a goalie. Yeah. <laughs> Beer All league right. style. That's the end of this episode. Yep. This has been Glass Seats. We're out every week. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram. For those last two platforms, the handle is at Spud Network Podcast, where you can follow this show and you can find all of our other shows. And wherever you like to listen to us or watch us, if you can leave us a like, comment, subscribe, follow, whatever it is, helps us grow the show. Mm -hmm. We'll see you next episode. Bye.